Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the founder of NC Real Estate. Now, if you have not got my property investment expansion formula flowchart, you need it because it's going to give you all of the steps on one A4 piece of paper about how to grow your property portfolio from the start. To get that, it's ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash flowchart. That's ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash flowchart. It's free to you and any investor who wants this just to have so you can see the stages of property investment because that's what I'm all about. Helping landlords and property investors build profitable property portfolios that completely align with their goals. And this is the very first resource that you should have. Or if you've been doing this a long time, it's the resource that you should have. And hang it on your wall and go through it so that when you feel stuck, you know what to do next. So go and get yours. It's completely free. It's ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash flowchart. So how are you doing this week? I hope you're really well. I haven't paused actually for a second to tell you what I am working on right now property wise. Um, so let me just give you a quick update on the two projects that I'm working on. Number one is 341 New York Avenue, Jersey City. Uh, that's an exciting project, although currently still with the architect, we're waiting for the plans to come back. That is a development that I've just started working on with my joint venture partner over here, Isaac. We bought it back at the start of August and what we're going to do is turn the property into two condos. The ground and basement is going to be a three bedroom uh, duplex with a garden, two parking spaces, going to be beautiful. And then the top floor is going to be a two bed, two bath penthouse type condo unit. And again, it's going to have um, outside space that they can use and it's going to have two parking spaces too. And when there's not leaves on the tree, <laughs> so winter time, you can get the top of Manhattan views. So that's the first project that I'm working on right now. I'm hoping that We'll get the plans back shortly and we'll be able to start uh, developing that. In the meantime, we actually have tenants still in the top floor who are paying us a little bit of rent, which is supporting our development finance, which is a nice position to be in. In that area, um, zoning rules for you in the UK, that's planning laws, um, allow that building to be converted into two condo units. So we don't actually have to go through the equivalent of planning. We do have to just make sure that we get all of the fit out um, past, uh, I'm not good with the terminology in America, it's essentially the local council uh, to make sure that we can do it. And then we are going to get into demolition of the outside. We're going to dig down a little bit in the basement actually to give the basement full height ceilings. And then that's going to mean that they're going to have a deck area outside um, and in the kitchen, they'll have floor to ceiling uh, windows, which will actually open out onto the deck area outside. It's going to be beautiful. I'm very excited to get started with that. When I have got the plans, I'm gonna be posting them on Instagram, which is Natasha C. Collins, if you're not already following me, so make sure you are Natasha C. Collins. And LinkedIn, I'll share it on LinkedIn. I'm Natasha Collins, M-R-I-C-S and in the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. So wherever you are following me, depending on, I guess, your social media point of re reference, 
go follow me and you can see those plans as they come out. Project number two is a bungalow in Bath, UK. And I'm joint venturing with my mommy. And <laughs> she has owned this property for a while. Didn't really want to do anything with it, but I know she wants to sell it. And it's got such a huge plot of land with it that I'm going to do the development. And so at the moment, I'm going through a feasibility study as to whether to put up two three-bed semi-detached properties on there or extend the three-bed bungalow out, which is quite small, into a large four-bed. Now, you might say to me, Natasha, Ovs, two three-bed semis is going to make you more money. Here's the thing. It's going to cost me far more to develop. So unless the profit is that much bigger, I probably will go with the four-bed bungalow because there is a garage attached to the side of the bungalow, which has already uh, got gas in it and it's plumbed. So I can open that up, put the kitchen in there, uh, make a bigger master bedroom, put some conservatory extension on one side, open out the living area and it can look gorgeous. There's also space on that driveway to park three cars and still a garden that overlooks beautiful Bath. It's like the ideal property, really. And it's opposite a gorgeous primary school that you would want to send your kids to. There's a bus stop just outside, but a little bit down the hill, like literally it's 10 meters down the hill. Um, so not even that far. Um, I mean, like perfect. And if you want to get to Bath Spa Uni, meh, 10 minute drive. For those people who would like running, you can run it. It's down a hill, up a hill again, but hey, it's gorgeous. It's like gorgeous Somerset countryside. Or you just walk down the hill and into town. Perfect. So that's where we are, very start of two projects. And at the start of projects, things run really, really, really slowly. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I'm doing and running across continent. My gosh, international property investors say what? <laughs> that's been like 10 years in the making. Hey, it's cool. It is cool. Um, I'm enjoying it really enjoying it. How nice to be in a position with two projects on the go. And FYI, I am looking for another development project in the UK um, with my development company. We've got roughly £300,000 to spend. You know where to hit me up if you've got a deal. Please don't send me deals that you'd find on Rightmove, honestly. Honestly, like just don't because I've been searching Rightmove and the auction catalogs and CoStar and the EG for these deals because actually I want a mixed use commercial, right? So if you know anything that I would not have seen by going on those websites, then feel free to hit me up on social media and we can have a talk about it. But don't ask me to sign any massive non-disclosure agreements or put down any money up front. I don't play that way simply have an honest conversation with me because we're in the property industry. I'm not about to go behind anybody's back because I pride myself in being open, honest and transparent. If you want to have a conversation with me, please have an open conversation with me and an honest conversation with me so that I can make a decision if it's right for my company or not. Um, but that's what I'm doing. Anyway, I've got um, a lot of people that I'm talking um, to about this as well. I have a, quite a lot of contacts throughout the UK. So when something comes up, 
we will jump on it. But I've only been searching for about a week and a half. So I wasn't expecting to just click my fingers and deal fall into place because as I've just said, I've got another two deals on the go. It's not urgent. It's just I'm putting my feelers out there for um, to see what we can find. I know Sean, my business partner who wants to get involved in this is like chomping at the bit. He's WhatsApping me every day. Natasha, what have you found? What have you found? I'm like, nothing yet, Sean, but we will get there. We will get there. So I'm on the search. Heads up. That's what I'm doing right now. So that's a bit of an overview of my property projects right now. It's lovely. Nice. Exciting. Lots going on. Today, I wanted to talk to you about something that riles me up. And this is fake news in the property investment industry because there is a lot of it going around and we need to have these conversations so that you can start weeding out the good with the bad. And I think the first place I want to start is cladding. Hands up, who's had their mortgages declined because there's been cladding somewhere on the building that a surveyor has told you is there? Ooh, in the audience, I can imagine um, a lot of hands going up. You might be sat on the tube right now go with your hand like in your pocket trying to put it above your, uh, <laughs> above your shoulder. I get you. There is so much of this going on. Right. The problem with cladding started with Grenfell. We all think back to Grenfell. There's horrific, horrific scenes of that building going up on fire. My God. Within a couple of hours, that building had been <laughs> burnt to a crisp and the people inside it. Bloody hell. Ugh, terrible should never have happened should never ever ever have happened on anybody's watch nothing like that should happen but here's the thing what was then went around the news was that there was that cladding on the outside which was incredibly flammable which made the building uh when the building did catch on fire it spread very quickly which okay that sort of cladding isn't allowed really in the EU. It hasn't been for a while, but this had been on the building for a little bit of time. Shouldn't have gone on the building. But what's happened is, is that um, any buildings with cladding on are now suspect for the same type of cladding. Now, I'm not a building surveyor, side note, so I don't know too much about the different types of cladding. Okay, so let me like give you that side note but what I do know is that the cladding on Grenfell yes not great quite flammable but there was other problems they did a cheap bodge job of the this cheap building where they didn't put in place proper compartments so fire compartments so fire could spread really easily um on the outside of buildings windows and doors were fit upside down so where um so then fire could sp spread because if you didn't know to contain fire you shut down the oxygen which is why usually fire doors they seal they seal the areas and they compartmentalize it so hopefully that stops the fire because you're not feeding or you're not fueling the fire right this building was not doing that it was not doing that it hadn't been built correctly everything about it was just terrible down to the fact that residents couldn't get out of the building quick enough because the fire spread too quickly 
there was just no health and safety really thought about. And again, we're talking about, unfortunately, we're talking about a building that was really built quickly, cheaply by a local council who really seemingly didn't care. So not what we're not talking about is that that same cladding that on other buildings is going to be that much of a hazard. But hear me out. As a surveyor, I have professional indemnity insurance that I have to get every single year to keep myself insured for all of the advice that I give to my clients. And as part of that, I have to sign now to say that I don't advise on cladding. I don't advise on cladding. But if I do advise on cladding, my premium goes up and I have to make sure that I am giving my clients the best quality advice and that I'm not getting it wrong. So what are surveyors doing to protect themselves so that they don't get sued on the back of it? They would be going round and going, oh, that cladding might be, it might be the same cladding that was on um, the outside of Grenfell. I don't know because I've not done that much of an investigation, but I'm gonna say to the mortgage lender, beware. And that's what we're experiencing at the moment. So what I am calling for from this podcast, please, if you're listening, can someone tell me how we find out what types of cladding is on these buildings? Whether it's an investigative building survey, whatever it is, how do we now differ differentiate? Because most buildings are built with some sort of cladding. Come to the US, every single building has some sort of cladding on the outside of it. And it's not going away because actually it's quite a cheap way of making property. And it's not only cheap, it can be quite sturdy. So it's not an awful way of building and you can use sustainable materials, shock. But if lenders aren't gonna lend, then we might have to go back to a older way of building buildings and that doesn't solve anything. Because then what we're doing is the development pipeline takes huge amounts of time. It's taking a long time to put these buildings up and then we're still stuck in a situation where we don't have enough housing to support the population. So we want to be moving forward and using materials that really can support growth and it can support quick building, but also protect the people inside of it and be sustainable so that over the years it wears well, it insulates properly, it keeps heat in. We need a solution to that. I'm sick of hearing that everything is like Grenfell because it's not. There's so many different types of cladding that you can put on buildings. I know it, I've seen it. So I'm calling fake news on the fact that everything is Grenfell style cladding. Yes, it would be an issue if every single building was put up with doors and, and windows in the wrong way round and there's no fire, uh, fire compartments, there's no smoke doors, there's no um, sprinkler system going through and there's no smoke alarms. Right, okay, well, those kind of buildings do burn through pretty quickly. But if they're built property, properly, <laughs> building control sign them off, we need to have um, identification about which cladding is fine. Somebody, if you've listened to this and you know, um, please let me know. You've got my social media, get in contact with me. Let me know which, which cladding we can put on the outside of buildings and then how we present that to mortgage lenders so that they still lend on these buildings. So that's number one, fake news number one. Fake news number two. 
gross yields. Please don't come at me with gross yields. Honestly, meaningless. Um, so many, so many people quote to me, um, rent divided by purchase price, which gives you the yield. Nah, it doesn't, because there's expenditure that comes with that. Whether your mortgage, whether your maintenance, whether your service charge, whether accountancy fees, insurance, managing agents, letting agents. Start quoting net yield, which is rental income, less expenditure equals your net rent. That is what is giving me an idea of how much your property is making. And anybody who is selling you anything which is quoting a yield is probably gross yield, which leads me onto my third fake news. Guaranteed rental schemes at an X, X yield. And usually it's like a seven or 8% yield. Some of them are 9%, some of them are 12%. Listen up. If someone is giving you a guaranteed yield and they can't tell you whether that's net or gross, it's probably because it's gross. And when I have questioned this before and said, well, it's gross, it's meaningless. I have been shouted out on the phone that I don't know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking about because I want to make sure that my investments make money. And at a 7% gross yield, chances are that's going to make me, what, 100 pounds a month? Not worth my time investing in. Really not worth my time investing in. So I want to urge you that if you see something that shows a yield that is seven, between 7 and 12% and they're doing it on these guaranteed um, investment schemes, please be super wary. Because the other thing is they'll probably sign you in on a contract which says that if they can't find tenants, meh, it's your problem. Don't accept that. It's far better that you just go out and find your own property that is going to um, work for you rather than get into one of these big schemes where there's 50 to 100 properties that they're going to let out for you because that's 50 to 100 tenants that they've got to find in the same building, right? Whereas, and that's a huge competition, a huge market. And if a tenant, I mean, I, I can, I can experience, I've experienced this where a tenant can easily start negotiating because they'll say, well, hold on a minute. This building's got, I don't know, 10, 12 units vacant. So you don't want this unit to be vacant, do you, if I move out? So I'd like a 50%, a 50 pound deduction in rent, 100 pound deduction in rent, or I'm not paying a rental increase. What are they going to say to you when they say, well, that we've let this tenant move out and we're going to have a month void and then the yield is going to go down because actually the net rent isn't now worth 12 months rent. It's 11 over 12 months. You see, it's fake news because it's not the real picture of what's happening. You can even, here you go, for a true picture of net yield, you can even include two, what does your net yield look like with two months rent free? Hmm. or two months void even. So what would what does it look like if it's got that two month void period? If it's still three, four, five percent or above, fab, that's a great investment. If it's below that, you need to be questioning whether that's a good investment for you. So please look at these schemes because I do think they're fake news. It's just attention grabbing headlines, which when you start unpicking the pieces really isn't what you want them to be. And going back to the initial 
uh, fake news number one they're also normally built really cheaply so you have to go in there and have a look at the snagging and make sure that they've got building control sign off that's a side note but just from experience um, some of these buildings they try and get it out the door sold really quickly forget to do all of the like health and safety and property management stuff that they should do just get it let oh we'll, we'll worry about whether these tenants are going to burn in a fire afterwards no don't don't do that um <laughs> so please check them out i saw one building that didn't have any working windows hmm it's like a greenhouse so just be wary of this. If you are going, if you're tempted to buy one or you are buying one, please go and look at it. Don't just take it at face value from the pictures. So be wary of that. Gross yields, no. Um, guaranteed rental schemes, even bigger, no. Go and have a look at these properties and really go and find them yourselves and go and get a deal that actually works for you and your goals. Okay. That brings us up to fake news number four. Headlines which have market fluctuations as a percentage, such as the UK property market has dipped by 1.2% this month. Okay, fab, meaningless, meaningless. That's just an average over the whole of the UK. But when you take into account London and the South East and how much that's dropped, that balances out all of the yummy increases that you're seeing in the north you're even seeing some yummy Im increases in the southwest all of you lot via devon and cornwall if you're looking in the right places don't look at headlines and think ah i need to get out of the property market it's not growing it doesn't mean anything you need to be looking at it on a postcode by postcode basis really or even your local area you know the immediate area around a new development prices are going to rise but you're not gonna see that by looking at a global figure. So please, if you're looking at house price statistics, ignore the headlines, they are just clickbait. That's all they are. Everybody loves a good bit of clickbait because then you read, you think, oh, I'm shuddering in my boots, like I don't quite know what's going on. Don't do that, just look at house price data for, or even property data for your local area and your immediate area, in fact, if you could do it on a 0.25 mile radius, that's what you're gonna be looking at. If you need to widen it out a bit, fabulous. Just make sure that you're looking at it on a local by local basis and that's gonna give you a better indication of what's going on in your area than these global, these countrywide statistics. Next up in fake news, please can I call this out because I am sick of seeing it. If I see it on my feed, I'm blocking you. Gurus in swimming pools or lease cars. if you're driving around in a Lamborghini. Um, I'm really, I actually am fed up of seeing this because just because you are in some sort of holiday destination or you're driving around in a potentially fancy car means nothing, nothing in the slightest. What I want to see from people on so social media is your real story, what goes on. You know, the fact that you're on holiday in a swimming pool is fantastic. Good for you. Take some time off. When you're lounging around in a swimming pool, please take that time off to look after yourself. I want to see what happens in the afternoon when you've got a tenant on the phone who's going, 
I hate you as a landlord because you've done X, Y, and Z. I want to see how you're handling that. Maybe you've got some serviced accommodation and you've got an Airbnb guest who's shouting at you because the oven doesn't work. How are you handling that? I want to see the real life day-to-day of what's going on because it's not always fun and games. Yeah, it's lovely. I mean, yesterday afternoon, do you know what I did? I worked in the morning about one o'clock. I actually had my Airbnb guest phone me and say, Natasha, I can't get the oven to work. So I talked them through it. Half an hour later, I went to the beach. You're not seeing me on a beach showing off what I'm doing on a beach because I'm having time off because I work hard. And I'm showing you when I'm working and I'm showing you what I'm doing. But quite frankly, the time off when I'm just relaxing is me being personal and it's personal to me how I relax. I I like to see the hustle. I like to see what happens. I like to see how people deal with tough situations because that's how I learn. Like that is what I learn from. Similarly, I want to know before you start filming your flash car, whether that's leased or you've bought it outright. I don't care about you driving around in a Lambo. I don't care about you driving around in a Range Rover. I I honestly don't care unless you're going to tell me what's happened to get you there. Side note, I don't have a car because I use public transport. I mean, sometimes I rent a car if I need to go places, but I don't need to show people all my assets or my handbags or my jewelry or, and I know some people feel like that they have to look flash to, um, to kind of give them some confidence, I guess. I think that's where it comes from. But please, I beg of you, if you want to show off what you're doing, please sh- show the hard work and the grit. Like that to me means so much more because then I can actually like understand. You know, sometimes I have hard times. So I'm like, who can I look at to see, you know, how did they deal with this? Okay, great, fabulous. I've got some ideas now of how I can move on. I honestly get nothing from someone being in a swimming pool telling me what to do. Like, I don't, I I feel sorry for them that they feel that they have to do that in their relaxing time. Or maybe they've staged it. And if you staged it, it's even worse. So I'd like some transparency. I'm calling fake news on that kind of stuff. Let's start being a bit more real with one another and showing each other what's going on because it's not always like hunky-dory. Do you remember how long it took me to sell my last flat? And every week I was like, guys, I really don't know what's going on. Like I can't, even I can't like, I can't give you good advice right now on how to sell this flat because even I'm struggling. You know, I'd be honest with you about it because there's certain things that sometimes catch me off guard. We're all dealing with different properties. We're all dealing with different people. We're all dealing with different situations. And that can be tough because if you come and get up against someone that's bloody minded, someone that wants to shout at you, someone who is going to pin stuff on you. I mean, my gosh, we can all understand when someone can't afford to pay their, or if you don't understand this, I'm going to tell you. When a tenant comes to you, or not when a tenant comes to you, when a tenant stops paying rent, you cannot immediately be mad at them, right? Again, when a tenant stops being paying rent, you cannot immediately be mad at them because you need to find out what's going on. Because there's a story from that side and you need to understand that and you need to either work with them, well, not even either work with them. If they've left, fine, go get your property back. 
If they haven't left and they still want to live there, you need to come to, to a solution and you're not doing that from a hot-headed point of view. But I want to see how people are dealing with that. Because for me, when that happens to me, and you know, nothing's perfect. Like, I don't, sometimes I've had tenants say to me, Natasha, I can't afford my rent this month. Okay, fine. You can't afford your rent this month. Can we please talk about what we can do to help you out so that you can stay here if that's what you want to do? Or maybe they want to leave. They want to leave, fabulous. The door is wide open, go, it's fine. I'm not gonna come after you for that money if you can't afford it. It's, it is a waste of my time. And quite frankly, you're probably in a shitty situation anyway. You don't need someone like me coming after you and making matters worse. There's that human element behind it. That's what I want to see. I want to see humanity in action. I don't, I don't need the rubbish. So please, can I please, 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 I promise you always to be real with what's going on and admittedly some days so much goes on that I can't share everything because I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and you know it happens in passing and it just continue um some of the things that I do I almost do on autopilot where I don't really know like not not that I don't really know I don't I can't I forget to share because it's just so normal for me to do that you know the days where I'm doing my accounting on my spreadsheets or the other day when I had a conversation with my accountant and he's like Natasha you've reached a tax threshold where the government would like you to pay your tax up front for the next 12 months. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, no, I have to find two years worth of, of tax when I'd put this in investments elsewhere? Okay, fine. You know, like we work around everything. That happens all the time. Life's not perfect. Please promise me you will always show me your hand, what's actually happening. No judgment. Because that is how we learn. And that is how we grow as an industry. Which leads me to the next fake news. I am so fed up of property events where it is a panel of white men. I'm not coming. End of. We need diversity on stages. We need to see what different people are doing with different amounts of money. Depends on, I don't, you know, you may have deep pockets. You may be a pension fund. I want to see what the pension funds are doing. I want to see what that one person is doing with one property. I don't want to see the same sort of man on stage telling me about how to grow my wealth. I literally have, I'm not impressed by it. Quite frankly, don't care anymore. Stop running your ads to my social media feed because I now block it. Like, I see it far too much. And here's the thing, it, it breeds as well because if you're a man listening to this, don't get me wrong, like I love men in the industry and I, I honestly like you, you seriously stay, stay because you're making the industry a better place. I'm talking about those people who put themselves on stage and they run conferences and they only invite white men to speak to. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Because then all you are breeding is a bunch of white men coming to look at you. It's simple. It really is simple. I want to see women. I want to see people from around the world. I want to see different cultures. I want to see how different people invest because we all have different investing styles. If you're copying one another, go on, there's a place in, in a room with shut doors for you. I want this industry open because at the moment, it's 84% men, 16% women. Come on, let's start showcasing the people who are just awesomely out there doing it 
not walking around in some suit that don't care about let's show the personality of the industry please like there are so many awesome people out there um or simply here's a good idea run your ads to the people who are just the same as you so i don't have to see it or start inviting people who represent the whole industry please one or the other because we have no time in this this kind of this age where we've got to be looking after our tenants we've got to be looking after the built environment hey like our resources could run out in the next 50 years our buildings have to be sustainable to match the fact that we need longevity we need to be talking about the issues that matter not just deepening our pockets so please events need to be showcasing this as well because a lot of people say to me natasha why don't you go um to these sorts of training events or these sorts of um networking events because honestly i look at the lineup and i think it's i'm not interested I'm really not interested i get i get better perspectives just by like emailing someone and asking them questions well maybe showing up to um just like a breakfast that someone's hosting or maybe um i dm someone on instagram or maybe i connect with someone in my facebook group and i'm like tell me about x y and z and they do and i'm like oh life is open and enjoyable and i'm learning stuff please let's have a bit more of that in the industry like honestly that would just be oh my gosh what a nice industry to be in i know okay right um, I should I should disclaimer this by saying I have not run any events for a long time and I really should. Um, but because I'm never in one country for long enough, I've not had the time to um, put that together. So watch this space. It is something I'm very passionate about doing. And um, I guess it's a long term five year plan to have an event like that because I need to know how to run them. I'm not an event planner by nature so do watch this space and if you have any ideas for me actually that would be awesome get in contact with me social media me tell me what it is that you are um you would like to talk about let's see if we can even host forums you know networking events online that is something that i can definitely do and then finally 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 fake news increasing tax will help first-time buyers get a leg up now I've spoken about this loads of times. The hope is that by property investors paying more tax, they will um, they won't buy as many properties, which will leave more properties on the market for first time buyers. No, doesn't happen like that. Um, if the government want more first time buyers buying property, they're going to need to help them. They do with the help to buy schemes, but they're going to have to educate more people who want to get on the housing ladder. Um, and actually take it on a situation by situation basis. That is what needs to happen rather than taxing property investors out of the market because there's always going to be a rental market. Not everybody wants to own a house in the place that they live in. I We don't own the, the property that we live in in New York because we're not gonna be here forever. It'd be stupid to buy somewhere and then need to get out of it because actually thinking back to what happened in London when we I mean I've, I've got properties that I own in London but we were living in the one that we own and it cost us 20 grand in hold costs because we couldn't sell it before we moved out here yeesh that's expensive and yeah we made it back in the sale but my gosh like if you don't you know it, 
okay, we thought we were going to be in London for a lot longer than we were. And that was the reason we wanted to buy. And it was fine. It was great and fabulous that we wanted to buy. But there's a time and a place for buying and there's a time and a place for renting. And each should be given its own. It's Each has got its own market, right? So let's just be honest about that, that higher tax will bring property investors out of the market, but you cannot expect everybody to buy because there is also people who can't get mortgages. Have you seen the expat mortgages at the moment? They're starting at something ridiculous like eight or 9%. That's not, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. That means that there's a kind of a sector of uh, the UK which can't get onto a property la- ladder because they can't get a mortgage. Well, okay, so they need to rent. People who don't earn enough to get a mortgage in the place that they want, that they're currently working in, need to rent. You know, and it's a good stepping stone in your, you know, at the start of your life or the start of your kind of independent life to get on a market. There's a time and a place for renting, there's a time and a place for buying, and each needs to be supported. So this in these interest, uh, this the tax hikes, not cool. So I'm hoping we're going to start to see things change. So that's my list of things that at the moment are riling me up and are fake news. And I'm like, if I could take all of that out of the property market and put it in a bin, <laughs> probably would help. Um, obviously, that's not going to happen. And I will always continue to try and make this industry a better place to be in because I believe that it needs to be open and we need to be uh, very honest about you know what's going on and who's propping it up but, but we also need to be very open to each other's ideas because the more we share the better the industry becomes and the better we look as uh, property investors and the more support we get and the more we can help each other out once we get there like wow wow what a community but we've got a bit of a way to go so if i i'm hoping by calling this out has given you food for thought not offended you if it has you shouldn't have taken it like that because I'm, I'm not trying to be i'm not trying to be offensive i'm trying to basically say come on we can do better and we keep moving forward and i'm here for i'm here for a completely inclusive industry we just need to be open honest and transparent about what's going on because that is the step in the right direction so i hope you enjoyed that podcast i hope that it's opened your eyes to some things i hope that it's given you an idea about how i feel about things i will keep trying to move things forward if you want to go and get that property investment flow chart, which I really, really suggest you do, remember the address is ncrealestate.co.uk forward slash flow chart. Follow me on social media at Natasha C. Collins. You can come and join the Property Investment Mastery Facebook group. I hope you've enjoyed this. Remember to like and subscribe because your support means the absolute world to me and it means I can keep going with the podcast. So please, please do that. I'm here to support you through property investment. So it's been a pleasure this week. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.